The Hicksville Long Island Junior High PTA, in drawing up this code, was not to set up a list of don'ts, but to give parents and pupils some idea of what is considered good citizenship today. These students are portraying what we consider bad taste in school attire and behavior. This student is wearing an ankle bracelet, dungarees, and dropped earrings. Open shirt, black jacket, dungarees are mentioned in the code as not proper school attire. Off-the-shoulder dresses or earrings are considered improper for school wear. My name is DJ Headmaster. My name is MC Milk Monitor. <laughs> In my office, now! This week, we are uh, unusually for Project Moonways, we're going to have a vaguely relevant show entitled Back to School. Yes, I believe a significant percentage of the population of planet Earth is currently uh, on its way back to various institutions of learning. People go back to school all the time every <laughs> they day. They do, don't that's they? right, yeah. For years. Yeah. Like a prison sentence. <laughs> Well, this this is like one of the a stopped clock, isn't it? It will it be is. right at least two times a day. I don't know what I'm saying. This makes no <laughs> sense. It'll be occasionally correct. Yeah. You may or may not be going back to school. Hmm. Yes, we have a show themed entirely around the world of returning to halls of learning. And with, with every track hopefully having a fairly relevant uh, connection to that theme. Uh, and amongst all of the uh, studious tracks, though, we do, of course, have MC Milk Monitor and his Unnecessary News. That's right. This week, we be twerking. <laughs> In my office, now! Please send us your selfies of you twerking, dear listener. <laughs> Steady on. Let's uh, let's keep let's keep it clean. Yes, uh, we're going to get underway by playing a track from an album we have dipped into before. It's a nice opening track from the uh, from this album, and it's a nice way to open the show. Dorothy Collins. Uh, I'm sure our listeners will know that uh, she was married to the great Raymond Scott, but she also had her own prodigious career as a vocalist and recorded a wonderful album of, of educational songs called Experiment Songs from Ballads to the for the Age of Science in 1961. And as I say, this is the opening tune, and it's called. It's a magnet. With your kind permission, we would like to say hello and to entertain you with a scientific show. What's the first attraction? Would you really like to know? Yes! What's the first attraction? It's a magnet! Ladies and gentlemen, here's the kind of magnet that is called a bar. North and south are marked on the magnet. If you're ever lost and wonder where you are, just hang the magnet from a string and press. Change, oh, the magnet becomes a compass. It's the kind of magnet that we say is permanent. It can do so many things, and with your kind consent, we would like to show you in our first experiment what's the big attraction in a magnet. Observe the magnet in my hand, ladies and gentlemen. Also, observe the collection of things on the table. 
I bring the magnet to a nail. Is the nail attracted to the magnet? Yes. That's because it's made of iron. Here's a penny. Is it attracted to the magnet? No. The penny is made of copper. Will the magnet attract this paperclip or this safety pin? Yes. That's because they both contain iron. How about this rubber band? No. What else is attracted to a magnet? Try it yourself and find out. Magnets are attractive, but it's time to move along. And to put a happy ending to the magnet song. When we ask the question, give the answer loud and strong. Ready? What's the big attraction? It's a magnet. A little bit of the technological sound of Vic Mars there from the album Curriculum for Schools and Colleges Volume 1, mm. which is available on Bandcamp. Yes. And if you go to projectmoonbase.com, there will be a link to where you can get that. Very good stuff, very yeah. educational. Very educational. Before that, the perhaps even more educational <laughs> Dorothy Collins with the track It's a Magnet from the album Experiment Songs from Ballads for the Age of Science. Mm. Delightful. Listeners will, I think, feel their brain cells being very stimulated. During Tingles. Yes, and all tickling. Sharpen your pencils <laughs> and get ready. Get your protractor out. <laughs> uh, yes, the Vic Mars track has, comes from, a, I guess, a two-volume series, um, hopefully an ongoing series of uh, albums called Curriculum for Schools and Colleges, and that was from the first volume. And I like the fact that he's got a mixture of fairly orthodox uh, school uh, subjects, you know, a bit of music for the likes of home economics, maths, geography. But then he's kind of into disperse that with some nice things like Enochian studies, uh, clairsentience for beginners, and psychometry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so hopefully those will form part of the national curriculum after this album has been circulated to all schools and colleges. It's very convincing. It's <laughs> making a convincing case for all these, uh, <laughs> these subjects. Uh, this is Project Moonbase, as I say, a highly educational edition of the show. It's a weekly show, and if you want to find out when the next show is available, uh, the best thing to do is to follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. If you want to find out even more about the show, such as uh, track information or news story information, please visit our website. Yes, head on over to projectmoonbase.com where you'll find everything you need to know about the show and how to contact us. You'll see a list of all the tracks we play and links to where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, please subscribe Give us a nice review and click five stars. Whether you like the show or not, just click five stars. No <laughs> yes. questions asked. Don't do you any harm. Uh, Project Moonbase is a listener-supported show. If you're thinking of making a purchase on Amazon, you could do us a big favour by going to our website, projectmoonbase.com, moving your mouse to the top right-hand corner of the page and clicking the Amazon affiliate button. It uh, won't cost you anything. It's entirely anonymous and it keeps us in set squares. Thanks to everybody for listening and recommending us to your friends. And if you enjoy the show, you can make a tiny but perfectly formed monthly donation from as little as a pound. You won't feel it, but we will. Mm. And it will soothe your conscience. And thanks very much to uh, listeners who have recently been uh, subscribing to the show and offering up a monthly donation. It's very generous of you, dear listener. It's gratefully appreciated. It certainly is. And now we're going to play a track from one of the founders of the Radiophonic Workshop. Oh, yes. Uh, this is uh, the great... And pin-up. <laughs> yes, horn-rimmed pin-up. Yeah. Daphne Aura. The best kind. This comes from a great two-disc uh, album called Oramix, which came out in 2007. But um, this, this is great. In 1960, she went to a high school in Adwick called the Adwick High School and uh, it'd be a lovely, lovely thing that you could be at school and a member of the Radiophonic Workshop should come and do some workshops with you. Shouldn't suddenly appear. <laughs> yes. I like to think swathed in fog. <laughs> Just materialise yeah. in the school. Uh, yes, Daphne Orham conducted a series of uh, music workshops with the kids at this uh, high school and the result was a series of tr- tracks, four of which have been collected together on this uh, double CD and uh, they're basically compositions written by the kids with obviously input from Daphne Orm and with some of her electronic gear that they could muck around with as well. They must have had to back up an enormous truck because was it, <laughs> is it not that thing where they drew on film? I don't know that she was using, I guess she yeah, I guess she may well have been using the Oramics machine but I think there's some other signal generators and stuff involved here as well but yeah there's certainly quite, quite a substantial amount of kit. Wheeling off a giant required. thing the size of a kind of uh, <laughs> several fridge freezers. Yes, quite probably. Um, so it's a mixture of wonderful electronic uh, bleepering bloopery and some fairly conventional instrumentation, but you'll get a list, a full breakdown of the <laughs> instruments involved as we hear the introduction to Adwick High School number four. Adwick High School, 2nd of July 1968, The Evil Eye, Part 1, composed by Paul Goodlaw. Piece for tape room, guitar, record player, vibrator and frame, consisting of tray, metal sheet, bell and st- Bell, second performance.
That was Hey, You Should Learn to Knock, or cloak, <laughs> Cloakroom, Hey, You Should Learn to Knock, from Klaus Harmony. <laughs> There, also known as the Mozart of porn. Uh, yes. From uh, there we go. Now Klaus uh, may or may not be. Uh, he doesn't exist. He's he, German. He f- we were just saying while we were listening to that. He fits the, all the all the criteria of a track that can feature on the show. Yeah, he's seventies German. He doesn't really exist. He's completely fictional. Yes, he's the comic fictional composer of porn music from the nineteen seventies and eighties, created by soundtrack composer. Real soundtrack composer from the UK, Matthew Strachan. One of his claims to fame, apparently, is that he wrote the theme to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm, I hope he did well out of that. Yeah. So, um, that's just brilliant. I and he's got... A, Klaus Harmony has got quite an extensive catalogue. It, it, it was a while before we uncovered that <laughs> he wasn't real. Yes. And yet his music is real. Oh, yes, certainly is. And, and, as you can hear from that, believable. And very good. Sumptuous. Mm, and fairly easy to obtain, too, if you if you don't mind downloading it. Yes, yeah, so splendid stuff. And I think one of the artists we will return to, probably hopefully less than a year's time, <laughs> to hear more from. Empty promises. <laughs> Empty German promises. <laughs> Fake German promises. Uh, now, dear listener, it's time for us to embark on a cross-country run of unnecessary news. group of scientists in Australia, wait, that doesn't seem right, <laughs> claim they have developed a beer that helps prevent hangovers, oh. simply by adding electrolytes, which promote hydration and help prevent your pee from being the colour of rust. <laughs> the new creation provides a third more hydration than normal beer, and this increased fluid retention should also help prevent hangovers the following day. The scientists did have to reduce the beer's alcoholic content to about 2.3%. For best results. What? <laughs> but they report the additional ingredients do not affect its taste. Wait, you had to reduce the beer's alcohol content by more than half. 2.3% alcohol isn't even beer, is it? I was going to say, does that count as beer? Not in my book. <laughs> you know, why not go all the way? We've got hangoverless beer here. We've simply removed all the alcohol. I call that cheating. Mm. I've created non-addictive heroin, which contains no heroin. I call it an empty jar. I'm still waiting for Australians to make a beer that doesn't taste like stagnant dishwater. That would be the first thing to work on. <laughs> Good point. Mystery monument shows up in front of a restaurant. <laughs> Owners of the Peso Grill, Oklahoma City, say a giant concrete monument showed up on their front lawn. It weighs hundreds of pounds and nobody knows where it came from or why it is there. <laughs> the uh, Peso district is home to many artworks, but the new addition is not particularly welcome. It's not even straight said one, one resident. And it's not supposed to be there. A concrete pillar is rough in texture and appears to have been ripped from its foundations and somehow planted on this lawn. We came home on Friday and we've got this lovely concrete block here, said the owner, Leslie Rawlinson. The wording on the block is even more bizarre. It says, in the year of our Lord, 2012, Korea Peeper claims this land for Azeroth. <laughs> Rawlinson says she contacted the police department. The monument has not been reported stolen, and the police say the owners of the Peso Grill are responsible for dealing with Korea PP when she turns up, probably with Azeroth. And uh, as we all know, Azeroth is the deity in the Cthulhu mythos and dream cycle by H.P. Lovecraft, and apparently is not to be trifled with. <laughs> in he has claimed your restaurants and hippie art area. <laughs> How to Treat a College Freshman, 1495. (laughs) 
Ask the Past is a delightful blog that conveys medieval advice to modern readers. For example, would you like to bother a first-year student? According to a Leipzig University statute promulgated in 1495, it is verboten. <laughs> it says the following, statute forbidding anyone to annoy or unduly injure the first-year student. Each and every one attached to this university is forbidden to offend with insult, torment, harass, drenched with water or urine, throw on or defile with dust or any filth <laughs> mock by whistling cry at them with a terrifying voice or dare to molest in any way whatsoever physically or severally any who are called students in the markets streets courts colleges living houses or any place whatsoever particularly <laughs> in the present college where they have entered in in order to matriculate or are leaving after matriculation so to put it another way <laughs> behave <laughs> you have been used La Danse de Fessay. Thank you, Mrs. Cunningham. Thank you, sir. For a highly tormenting selection of new stories. There'll be more later on in the show. Waiting there for me. He took a 
early ferry. We went for a walk on the island, you know, and in the middle of summer it started to snow, and I took a ferry to the Statue of Liberty. Well, every person you can know, like a friend or the captain of a ship, every place that you can go, an island or a sea, and anything that you can show, like a statue, a ferry, or snow. You know, Covered many subjects already on this week's show, but there was a little bit of a uh, bit of grammar for you there, <laughs> discussing the what, what the definition of a noun and some, some lots of examples of nouns too. Very useful. That's what they call country grammar, isn't it? <laughs> country grammar, yes. It's a very niche musical genre. Mm. Uh, that was uh, Lynn Aaron's. A noun is a person, place, or thing from the great. Uh, I, don't, I think we kind of missed out on this in the UK, but uh, a very popular uh, TV series in the early seventies in the US called Schoolhouse Rock. It was an animated uh, series which had different, covered different themes uh, as it was uh, sort of grammar and maths and politics and all sorts of things. I think a lot of it's on actually on YouTube. Now. We'll try and find that one and post it if we can f- locate it. And uh, before that, we had a very brief but uh, beautiful um, uh, selection from this uh, massive <laughs> compilation that Johnny Trunks recently reissued of Carl uh, Orff's Music for Children, uh, the Schulwerk album. It's an 85-track album. Uh, most of the tracks are very brief, as you might imagine. And that was a track called Bear Dance. Uh, the notes on this are from the... Every track has some notes, which is great. But the notes are a fairly matter-of-fact on this one. Uh, in bygone days, dancing bears which stood up on their hind legs and danced were a great attraction of itinerant circuses. Their keepers usually accompanied the ex- exhibition with music played on a fife. The small recorder used in this piece imitates this. And I wonder if they actually had a bear in, in the <laughs> studio when they were recording it. Well, I feel they should have done, really. It's quite groovy, though. It got, got, got rocking, that little track. Didn't it did, it, it, got, of, it got going. There was a sort of twangy guitar sound almost going on through it. That was quite good. I'm glad they, they closed it down when they did, though, because, you know, the rhythm will get you. The rhythm... Was it Gloria Estefan who warned us that the rhythm was going to get us? And who knows what would have happened to those children if, if that had carried on in, that, been in fairly, that theme. It would have been fairly harmful. Danger. <laughs> Uh, now we're going to uh, one of th- one thing we'd like to. We're going to try and feature a couple of times on this week's show is uh, the work of school bands, which are always a delight to listen to. <laughs> Sometimes horrifying. We have featured the Great Langley School Music Project before. We're not actually going to feature that this week because we found some other equally terrifying <laughs> but joyful uh, examples. Uh, now there's a school called the Dondero High School, which I think for the last forty years or so, uh, under the magnificent inspirational leadership of their music director Rick Hartso, has been produced only since the mid '90s. Anyway, have been producing an album every year, a double album of uh, their pop concert, their annual pop concert show. And there's about um, I think ten of them you can get for free on the Comfort Stand website. They release them as on their sort of net label, which sadly isn't with us anymore. But you can still download all of their 
releases. And as I say, there's about 10 of these uh, Dondero High School uh, albums you can get. And they're all... Oh, clearly, Mr. Hartso has had a bit of a penchant for rock of various ilks, progressive rock and uh, psychedelic rock. It's quite advanced stuff. There's a couple of Yes songs, which is quite an impressive achievement to get a school band playing Yes. But um, we're going to uh, play... The, uh, well, the other nice thing about these albums is they quite often revisit uh, favourites year in and year out as well. So there's actually a few different versions of this next tune. This is a, the Cream classic, Sunshine of Your Love.
That was Gelg from Robert Popper and Peter Serafinovich from their Look Around You mm. show. Delightful, isn't it? Yes, not commercially released, but I think when Look Around You was on uh, BBC Two, they did actually post up some audio clips on the BBC's uh, website, so they could download them. But I'd love that stuff to come out on on an album. I think. It's just... Didn't you kind of have some brief communication with Robert Popper? I did, where he suggested yes. that. I he... did, yes. Uh, that didn't he, seem to warm to the idea, but... Um, he seemed bewildered that anybody yeah, would want to <laughs> would possibly want to hear it, but it's great stuff. It's very good. Yes. He doesn't know his own no. worth, perhaps. Mm, indeed. Robert, buck up. One of these... <laughs> very good stuff. One of these years we'll get that stuff released. And before that, Don Duro High School, Sunshine of Your Love, mm. murdering Sunshine of Your Love, <laughs> holding it down. Holding it down, yeah. And, and demanding that it <laughs> hand over its pocket money... <laughs> And then giving it a Chinese burn. <laughs> well, is it a Chinese burn anymore? Is that uh, racialist? I don't know. No, I think they're allowed to say that. No, no, no listeners are of an as age. We don't, as long as we don't say a Chinaman burn. <laughs> can't say Chinaman anymore. Can't you? What Apparently is it? not. Apparently no. people get very annoyed about that. Okay. But it's completely irrelevant. I don't know why I brought it up. <laughs> and if you want to have ten double albums of Dondera High School, <laughs> you can download them all <laughs> oh, <laughs> for free. <laughs> Uh, we'll have a link on the Project Rainbow's website. It wavers on the borderline of acceptability. <laughs> it does, it? yes. It's on the threshold. It's just... And we're, yeah. and we're going to slam the door. <laughs> no, no, we're going to welcome them in. Uh, we're going to have now... We've covered very many different topics already, again, on the show this week. We're coming here and we're going to uh, cover a subject, uh, foreign language, a dead foreign language in this particular case, which is always good. It's good to study a dead foreign language, isn't well, it? Well, look, I mean, people are always saying, why can't kids learn important <laughs> practical things like... <laughs> how to pay a parking ticket or um, <laughs> yes. how to have a pregnancy test or, you know, or how to make sausages yes, or something like that. That's right. Well, I say no. Mm. I don't think we should be doing any of that, mm. any of that. What's it called? Vocational. Vocational. Mm. Yeah, like, oh, you, they're all going to become bank managers. I mean, right. God forbid. Mm. No, Latin. <laughs> That's where it all went wrong. We stopped teaching people Latin regularly. <laughs> I mean, I know there might not be much call for Latin when you're going down the butchers, but I don't think that's really relevant, is it? I know that, you know that, and Henry Mancini knows that.
that was, of course, the incomparable Henry Mancini with Lightly Latin. Mm. If only Latin classes were, you know, lightly Latin. Yeah. You thought we were talking about uh, something else there, but uh, we were just talking about Latin music. Yeah, well, why don't they teach that in schools? Exactly. They should have a fake German teacher teaching Latin in school, Latin music in school. How to pretend to be Latin. They enjoy themselves. They're always having fiestas. And, <laughs> they are. And uh, what are those things they have in Brazil? Oh, Carnival. Yeah, Carnival, mm. yeah. Mm. Hey, they love it, don't they? Mardi Gras. Well, that oh, that's something stuff. else, isn't it? Anyway. I don't know. It's abroad. They're enjoying themselves. <laughs> we know nothing of that on the moon. Yeah. No, it's very grey and dull up here. <laughs> and now, dear listener, it's time to tie your leg to the geography master and run the three-legged race of unnecessary news. A mysterious American swallows Yukon Bar's last human toe. I know what you're thinking. What? Hold on. What did you just say then? <laughs> a pickled human toe oh. is the centerpiece of a bizarre Yukon drinking ritual, and it was swallowed recently in an act of bravado by a departing American worker. <laughs> its bragging rights is what he wants, said Terry Lee, the official toe captain who witnessed the deliberate <laughs> toe swallowing. The more we downplay that, the better, because we don't want to give him any credibility whatsoever. Because that's how people get credibility, isn't it? Swallowing human toes. <laughs> yes. Just before midnight, the man entered Dawson City's downtown hotel and ordered a sour toe cocktail. A 40-year-old rite of passage in which a drink of the patron's choice is served along with a preserved human toe. Oh the ritual calls for the drinker to touch the toe with his lips while downing the drink. Yuck. But the man instead swished the toe in his mouth, washed it down with a beer chaser, and then slapped $500 on the bar, which is the hotel's fine for swallowing a human toe. <laughs> I said, where's the toe? And he said, I swallowed it, and then immediately headed out of the bar and started bragging. Mr. Lee said he roused the hotel manager out of bed to negotiate for the toe's return. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, dear. There's only two <laughs> ways that can be returned, isn't there? And neither yeah. of them are particularly appetising. No, really. But before he could make it to uh, back to the bar, the patron had disappeared. I've never seen him before, said Mr. Lee. The strange tradition of the cocktail was invented by Captain Dick Stevenson, a former Yukon riverboat captain. In 1973, Mr. Stevenson was cleaning a cabin when he found the preserved toe of the former proprietor, who had reportedly lost the digit in the 1920s due to frostbite he suffered while smuggling liquor to Alaska <laughs> via a dog sled. Oh. Although the venue has changed for the price of a drink and a $5 toe tax, Dawson City visitors have been invited to do the toe for 40 years now. Upon successful completion, they receive a commemorative certificate and join the estimated 60,000 people already in the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. There's a lot of really gross people out oh, there. Yeah. The article that I got this from said, warning, at the bottom of this article is a, <laughs> is a picture of a mummified human toe, which is really horrible. And it is grim. It's, and it's got a toenail about oh. three inches long. Oh, God. To date, as many as 15 sour toes have been lost, stolen, or ingested. The inaugural toe was accidentally swallowed in 1980 by gold miner Gary Younger. He'd had 13 beer glasses full of champagne. Ah, a connoisseur. The toe was in his mouth. He fell over backwards and swallowed it. 
said Mr. Stevenson. Donated replacement toes, which Mr. Stevenson insists all came with the consent of living donors, have been delivered following lawnmower accidents, post-mortem <laughs> removal or amputations for diabetes and inoperable corns. <laughs> The strange place the Yukon is. The largest donation so far was a collection of five toes donated by a miner who had his leg run over by a bulldozer. I mean, you're going to want the big toe, aren't you? If you're going to, if you're going to do the toe, yeah. the little toe, that's no good. The little toe's easiest to swallow, though. Well, that's true. Once the toes are received, the bar mummifies the body parts simply by storing it in salt. Mr. Stevenson's own toes naturally are due to be severed and sent to the Downton Hotel upon his death. They might not have long to wait, he said mournfully. <laughs> oh dear. Currently, the Downtown Hotel has no toes in reserve and expects to sustain a substantial financial hit without its most well-known attraction. It's a revenue loss, said Mr. Lee, adding that the toe-swallowing fine was immediately raised to $2,500 following Saturday's incident. Any donor of a new toe would surely be appreciated, he said, on his way to visit Mr. Stevenson to ask him exactly how long it would be before he <laughs> thought he would be able to part with his toes. <laughs> Fetch me the secateurs! <laughs> Blackmail Clothing are to release a Harry Potter line. Yes, they announced that they will be releasing a line of Harry Potter themed leggings, swimsuits, and tops in September of this year. Oh, yes. Why? <laughs> Who's going to want that? It's all over with, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's been over with for a while, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, the, the kid with the little glasses, he's old now. He's like a man, <laughs> isn't he? Is, he? Yes. It's like a grown man. <laughs> higher, higher synth, or whatever her name is. The kid, she's the a grown mommy. woman. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. It's all over. Who's going to want Harry Potter <laughs> leggings now? Anyway, they're quite keen on the idea. Mm. And finally, texting driver crashes into manure truck. Mm. That is essentially mm. the story. <laughs> a man in Wisconsin <laughs> crashed into a manure truck. It's like Back to the Future, isn't it? <laughs> you remember that? Yes. Was he travelling at 84 miles an hour? Uh, well, it, it was Biff that got into the manure truck, didn't he? That's right. If you remember. He crashed into a manure truck while finishing texting and talking on his phone. Well, that's multitasking for you, isn't it? Everybody's always going on about how great an idea multitasking is. He's learned how to text and crash at the same time. <laughs> the Sheriff's Department said Matthew Brune, 37, was driving a Ford Mustang convertible that he had rented. Well, that's a relief, isn't it? For him, <laughs> if not the rental company. The driver of the tractor was not seriously hurt. Brune was treated for a broken finger. Well, let's hope it's his texting finger, eh? And uh, that's the end of the story. Don't, don't text. <laughs> It's silly, isn't it? I mean, don't text ever. No. Some would say don't text while driving. I would just say just don't just text. Stop texting. It's pointless, everybody. isn't it? It's, it's a waste of time. You have been used. Wicket. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Canyon. Thank you, sir. For that extremely digital selection of news stories, there'll be more next week's show.
beautifully brief uh, theme tune there to a very well-known uh, bit of music for schools, if you were of a certain vintage. <laughs> uh, and I am. And <laughs> so am I. Memories. Memories. Uh, that was the theme tune to Merry-Go-Round, um, a BBC programme for schools and colleges, uh, written by Peter Howell. And it comes from a two-CD set of uh, Radiophonic Workshop uh, tracks. Uh, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of them. Well, CD1 alone has uh, 68 tracks on it. And uh, there are some very informative notes on pretty much every track on the album. That one, apparently, was created using a simple synthesizer line with syncopated tape echo. Excellent. <laughs> like, useful. I mean, I could have told you that. Know that. And uh, this gives me a chance to mention very exciting news. Because we are cut free of time and space, we don't often mention events that are fixed in time and space, but this is deserving of a mention, I think. In September, 13th, 14th, or 15th of September, there's a festival happening at Port Merion. And on one of those days... <laughs> <laughs> For the first time ever, some of the surviving members of the BBC Radiophonic Workshop will be performing live for the first time ever at a festival, including Peter Howell and I think Dick Mills will be there, and no doubt some other great luminaries of the workshop. So it'll be a fantastic opportunity to see them live, playing some some greatest hits. Maybe that, maybe they'll play a 22-second version of Merry-Go-Round. Well, they're going to do the Doctor <laughs> Who theme, which oh, yes. is Delia, obviously. Yes, that's right. And this is 2013, for those yeah. of you who <laughs> yes. are not bound to the space-time continuum. Don't rush off to Paul Merrion if it's any other year. Well, I guess it's a lovely place, I think, so maybe you should rush off. <laughs> it's very nice, yes. <laughs> Smaller than you might imagine, somehow. Oh. Uh, this is a festival called, with uh, with some predictability perhaps, the Number Six Festival. And uh, before that, a tune by the great uh, library musician and session musician Alan Hawkshaw, uh, with the tune originally entitled Chicken Man, but used on, bizarrely, two separate shows that ran at the same time on rival channels. Yes, but a, a different demographic altogether. <laughs> Grange Hill, of course. Yes. You might remember a, a cartoon sausage being snatched from a cartoon plate <laughs> and a look of horror and shock on That's a cartoon right. face. Mm. And also, it was on, a, give us a clue. The Other Side. The Other Side. <laughs> they had a quiz programme they, they for did. adults. They did. Chaired by the great Michael Aspel. Exactly. Lionel Blair. Lionel. <laughs> Many other luminaries yes. were involved in this, oh, were, uh, yes. and this light quiz show. They certainly were. That's very so. odd, though. An odd decision, I think, to have uh, to use exactly the same theme tune as a, as a different show on a different channel. But anyway. It's very much Grange Hill, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it is, oh, yes. will always be. Oh, yes. They staked their flag first, I think. Um, and uh, you can get that on various uh, TV compilations. In fact, there's a, uh, it was recorded originally on the KPM label, and there's a KPM compilation called Classic Television Themes, Volume 2, on which you will find that very tune. Uh, we have time for a couple more tunes on this week's uh, a highly educational show. And uh, now we're going to uh, take a ride, actually, with Lalo Schifrin. <laughs> Thank you. 
that was Lalo Schifrin, and he obviously has a, a very deep, dark mm. view of school and, and buses, <laughs> transportation. <laughs> yes. But yeah. that was that was school bus mm. from, of course, Dirty Harry. Oh yes, which is an incredible soundtrack. Oh yeah, of just sinister, <laughs> pulsating <laughs> yes. music. It is. It's one of his greatest soundtracks. And I think you could you could go to school. With a, with a very a very dark and sinister yeah. furrowed brow, if you were listening to that. Well, of course, it doesn't get school, does it? Because it gets kidnapped by a crazy kidnap. You'll have to watch the film. Spoiler alert! Spoiler! <laughs> anyway, Lalo. Hmm. Yes, one of the riskier aspects of uh, going back to school, <laughs> possibly yeah. getting kidnapped. Yes, possibly, possibly being in a film with Clint Eastwood. Possibly being in a film with Clint Eastwood. Oh, dear. Yes, well, I have been DJ Headmaster. I hope you've enjoyed wiping down the blackboard on this week's edition of Project Moonbase. I have been MC Milk Monitor, and I hope you enjoyed your rehydrated mashed potato. <laughs> oh. Watery. Mmm, delicious. We have uh, one final track for you on this week's show, dear listener. It's another track from a, a school concert album. I think this is a, I think this is a tradition uh, more strongly associated with the US. I don't know that we do it so much in the UK, but, they, you know, they actually released LPs, vinyl LPs of school concerts. Many schools did. And uh, this is from the Western High School, uh, a concert that was recorded in spring 1969. And a delight, because this is, a, this is one of these kind of collectibles for fans of the free design, of which I include myself. There aren't that many cover versions of free design songs out there. This particular school band decided they would do one. In fact, there's a couple of free design tracks on this. Um, it's a, an orchestra accompanied by the ninth and 10th grade choirs. That's all I can really tell you. The, uh, the, the album is very remarkably lacking in detail. It's minimalist. It's minimal design. Just some clouds on the front there's, cover. There's actually more information on the label inside than there is on the sleeve. Uh, May the 17th, 1969. There we are. All right. <laughs> Where on earth did you get this from? Uh, I heard about this because I, at one stage, I guess I still am a bit of a free design obsessive, and I'd heard about the fact that there was this album that somebody had, a school band had recorded a couple of uh, free design uh, tunes, so I think I managed to track it down eventually on eBay for a... Well, not too expensive, I don't think. No. <laughs> I don't think I broke the bank too much for this one. Inexplicably, the free design aren't <laughs> that popular. <laughs> no. For some no. reason, I don't no, know. I don't know why. I think, I don't. I think they, have, they have had a little resurgence of interest recently. They have. So. They were even on the on the front cover of Shindig, weren't they? Not That's that right. long ago. That's so, right, yeah. To my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> What are they doing here? Hello. Has there been a clerical error? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's really strange when something you've heard about and you think nobody else yes. knows, and there it is on a magazine cover. Yeah. I mean, that's never happened before. <laughs> I mean, I have never seen no. Free Design on a, a magazine cover. They, might... they may well never have been on a magazine yeah. cover, I don't know. but but uh, You might see Klaus Harmony popping up on a <laughs> magazine any cover. Any time now. <laughs> So yeah, this is a slightly, it's, it's, it's a bit odd, it's like one of these kind of alternate histories when you hear of a cover version of a song you're very familiar with, but done in a slightly odd way. It yeah, because like a... they're incredibly meticulous, the free design. This is, yes. Is this, this is... slightly, is this up to that standard? <laughs> Not quite, but it's close, it's fairly close. It's an approximation, it's like a smudge, slightly smudged version of the free mm. design. So we're going to leave you with uh, the Western High School Choir with their version of that, probably the most famous free design song. The only track on their debut album, and I think the first single they released as well. Uh, this is, of course, Kites Are Fun. Until next week, dear listener. See me after!
Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it everyone you love. Everyone you know. Everyone you ever heard of. Every human being who ever was. Lived out their lives. Next time on Project Moonbase join us on a journey to. The planets.